Mobile Rolling, presented by Garrard's Horse and Hound, making shopping easier with their online store. The same extensive catalogue, the same keen prices, online or over the phone. 1-800-060-896 or visit horseandhound.com.au. Good morning, everyone, and thanks for joining us for another edition of Mobile Rolling. We are only days away from the first of our many Group 1 features to be played out at Albion Park over the next three Saturday nights, as we just heard with that commercial break. The Rising Sun is the feature. This Saturday night, Barry Draw completed last night. And this is how they're going to score up behind the gate in this 2,138-metre feature. Rip, Gate 1. Leap to Fame 2. Ladies in Red 3. Seb's Choice 4. Captain Crusader 5. Beyond the Line 6. Ideal Van 7. That's your front line. Second row runners, the emergency Tim's a trooper, gate eight. And then we've got Manila Playboy, Big Wheels, Cashed Up, Spring in His Step, and Better Eclipse. The favourite with Tab is Ladies in Red, the star Victorian mare, and she'll start from gate number three. So she's currently around 2.30 with Tab. But let's talk with Greg Sugars right now because I'm sure he would have been disappointed last night at that barrier draw function coming up with gate 13. He was the last horse to be drawn out of Better Eclipse. And that was the only gate left, the outside of the second row. It hasn't been smooth sailing for Greg Sugars, along with his wife, Jess Tubbs. They were meant to fly up on Friday, the three horses they've got here for the carnival. In the end, they had to come by road. And now they've got the visitor's drawer. And just looking at it, Triple Eight's got gate seven, the outside of the front row, in the Mr. Feelgood. At least moments like these has come up with a half-decent draw. She'll start from gate two in the Fleur de Lille. Greg joins us now. He's online. Greg, good morning. Good morning, Chris. I wouldn't want to be your cat right now. <laughs> yeah, no, it um, it sort of probably hasn't started off uh, ideally, but um, nevertheless, we're we're here, so we're in it with a chance. The frustration on your face last night was fairly obvious. Uh, it was just the gate that you just didn't want. No one wants the outside of the second row, but just being the last horse out and being that last draw left, it, it was just far from ideal. Yeah, absolutely. No, it was disappointing that to not sort of have a chance to to uh, think about what barrier draw we wanted. Um, just got handed uh, obviously outside outside the back. So yeah, certainly not not the situation we were looking for. But um, you know, anything can happen in racing. It's uh, you know you can win from anywhere uh, depending on how races get run. And um, I'm sure this is going to be a, a true a true contest. And um, you know, like I say, we're, we're in the field, so we're still a chance. But uh, yeah, it certainly could have gone better for us. Well, as you said last night, it's only a starting point. So let's look at the uh, positives. Now that you've had about, you know, 24 hours to sort of, well, you know, less than 24 hours to sort of look at the field, look at that front row, does it look like it's going to generate plenty of early pressure? Uh, it certainly has the potential to. Um, one thing I've sort of learned over the years, sometimes the faster um, front lines look on paper, um, sometimes the slower they actually come out because everyone thinks, wow, there's too much speed here. So... Um, potentially there's a lot of speed there, like they're quick horses, but it just depends whether the drivers um, just decide to use that speed early um, to put themselves into the action um, as to whether, you know, it's going to suit um, suit us off the back. But it's certainly, um, yeah, the way it's drawn that, uh, yeah, most of the speedy horses are off the front. So um, it, it could make for an interesting start to the race. It's only a new race. We saw the first edition last year. Intriguing concept. We've got the two three-year-olds, we've got the mare, and they've got that little bit of a, an edge with the barrier draw. The two three-year-olds draw the inside gates and the mare draws right alongside them. It, it's sort of hard to decipher how these races play out. Just, I want to pick your brain firstly, with the two three-year-olds, Rip and Leap to Fame, 
how do you rate these three-year-olds and do you think they're capable of, you know, beating the older horses here? Um, they're certainly capable. I think they're, they're both extremely talented horses in their own rights. But I think, you know, history has sort of shown that it, it is hard for the three-year-olds um, taking on, you know, high-quality older-class horses. Um, so, yeah, for some reason, you know, they seem to be able to, um, in their own age bracket, run sensational times and all that sort of thing, which compare to sort of older horses, but sometimes that racing pressure of the older horses um, sort of brings them undone. But uh, no doubt they're very high-class horses and, you know, under the circumstance of this race, they do get uh, preference in the barrier draw, so that's certainly going to help them, um, you know, be right right in the hunt. Okay. Ladies in red, I'm fascinated by your thoughts on this, Mayor. You've... You've raced against her a lot. She's had 22 starts. I think you've been in 16 of those races where she's, uh, you know, gone around. So you've probably gone around against her more than most. How good is she, ladies in red? Uh, she's extremely good, yeah. She's as, she's as good as uh, any any juvenile filly uh, um, that, that I've seen in, in, in my time of racing. Um, I think she's... Uh, She's um, incredibly tough and has a really high cruising speed. So, um, you know, she's probably even developing more finishing speed as she's getting older. Um, she runs the gate well. She's great, great gated. Um, yeah, she pretty much ticks all the boxes. So, um, yeah, she's an outstanding, she has been an outstanding filly and she will continue to be an outstanding mare. So, um, yeah, she, she deserves to be the favourite for this race from the draw, in my opinion. Um, and I think, yeah, as long as she um, she travels well and, and uh, makes her way up here, that uh, she's going to be mighty hard to roll. Um, she was very impressive in a recent trial at Melton there um, a week or so ago. Um, so, yeah, she she's very, very talented. Okay, a couple of things to come out of that. You had to come up by road. So they're, they're scheduled to fly out, what, Thursday night, early Friday morning. It, it, it's, it's a risk they're taking, isn't it? It is a bit, um, and that's why sort of we were um, try to get the ball rolling and uh, and put that extra week uh, in between us and the race for for travelling just in case something went pear shaped because we didn't want to miss out. So um, unfortunately, yeah, the the easy road up didn't work out for us, but um, we still had enough time to do it um, the harder way. But and you know our horses have travelled up really well, and so we're not using that as any excuse at all. So. Um, yeah, these guys are probably, maybe they're fortunate in a way that we had the bad luck um, last week and our flight's cancelled. So I suppose law of averages, that might mean that uh, they're more likely to come up by plane than, than not. So, uh, yeah, fingers crossed for their sake that it all works out well for them. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure they'll have all the fingers and toes crossed and I'm sure racing in Queensland officials will be much the same, hoping that they arrive safely. Just the other thing with ladies in red, First time she's gone up against boys, it's going to be this Saturday night. All of her racing to date has been against her own six. Is there any sort of issue there or concern from your point of view how she's going to be going up against the males? I don't think so. Um, I think, you know, she's probably proven in her performances right throughout her juvenile career, um, you know, that the, the Phillies group, her age bracket, the, the group of crop Phillies that... Uh, that she's come up with um, were probably clearly above the boys at the same age bracket, um, certainly in Victoria anyway. So I don't think that's going to hold any um, any great challenge for her. Um, yeah, she, like I say, she's she ticks all the boxes in my eyes and is a real high-class mare. So I don't think um, that'll be a problem for her. You said she was good gated. How much gate speed has she got? Can she get handy really quick if Nathan Jack wants to, to, to get her off the gate? 
Yeah, I think so. Um, it's probably not something we've seen a whole lot from her. Um, you know, she's she's mainly balanced up a lot in her races and then um, pressed forward and whenever whenever they've saw fit to do so. But um, yeah, just in, in her recent racing and then her recent trials, um, you know, they've pushed the button a bit early and, and she can accelerate quite quickly off the arm. So um, you know. It would take a pretty quick horse to cross her, I would say, um, and she'd hold her own with most horses around from what I've seen. Okay. The other intriguing horse that you can give really good insight on is the stable mate, Beyond the Light. He's a last-star Group 1 winner. Uh, he's got a terrific record. He's had 19 starts, heap of wins. You've driven him in 16 of those starts. How good is Beyond the Light? Yeah, he's a very talented horse, very speedy. Um, there's, um, Yeah, he'd be... Uh, He'd be as quick quick over a short distance as most horses I've ever sat behind, I think. Um, he's another lovely gated horse um, and, yeah, exceptional gate speed. Um, but I'm not sure if that's going to be uh, be used from the, from the slightly wider draw off the front. Um, but that's up to connections to decide. But, uh, yeah, he, he's very, very smart. Um, yeah, so, yeah, he's certainly a major player. But I'd say in this sort of race with a lot of, uh, lot of depth to it, he's probably going to need a little bit of luck on his side. But if he's um, he's had an economical run in transit um, and gets the, the split at the right time, um, he's certainly capable of being in the finish. How big a gap would there be, be between him and Ladies in Red? Uh, not a huge gap. Um, he's probably he'd probably beat her for sheer speed, but she she would be a lot tougher than him, I would say um, overall. So. Um, yeah, hard pressed to see him giving her a start on equal terms and, and say he's going to beat her. Um, but yeah, certainly not a, not a much between them. Okay, you drove him in that recent trial against Ladies in Red. How did he feel? Is he forward? Is he ready to go first up here on Saturday night? Yeah, he was pretty switched on and sharp. And um, you know the the sectionals we ran were very very solid for a for a trial at Melton. Um, and yeah, hooked out at about the six hundred, and he put in a really good burst. Um, to get up outside of Ladies in Red, but um, yeah, she she had his measure um, at the finish. She was probably going stronger in the line than what he was, but he did a good job um, to actually pull a bit of ground off her from you know the 600 to the the 200, I'd say. So um, yeah, yeah, they were both very impressive. Okay, I want to focus on your guy now uh, after I've got all the insights on the Victorians because they certainly look like they hold the key to this race on Saturday night. With your guy, he's the fastest ever chariot to fire winner. He went sub 48 when he won that feature earlier this year. Two runs back. They've been terrific ever. You must be so happy with the way he keeps stepping up to the mark each and every time he goes to the track. Yeah, absolutely. No, incredibly proud of what he's been able to do over the last uh, six months or so. You know, he come from, you know, basically... Uh, you know, just racing in uh, aged maiden races to, to competing in the, in the best races... Um, going around so um yeah he's just every time a challenge has been thrown in front of him he's been able to step up to the plate and 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 take that step forward so um yeah he's going to have to do it again um this time around on saturday night but um he's no stranger to bad barrier draws um although he had a bit of luck in the chariots during during one and had a great trip um he had to come from the outside gate in the miracle mile and and was good enough to run a place behind king of swing that time around and when I think no horse has ever come from the outside gate to run a place. So, um, yeah, very, very, very happy with what he's been able to do. And his two runs this time of the end have been perfect. Basically, he hasn't been taxed um, at all and had nice ec economical runs and hit the line strong. So from that point of view, he's 
preparation has pretty much been faultless um, for this campaign. So we're very happy with him leading into this race. Is the best still to come from Better Eclipse? Um, it seems that way. Um, we always sort of thought when we, the first Sydney trip when into the Minion time, we took him up and he won the carousel. And, and we knew then we sort of had a horse that's the horse of the future. And uh, we sort of didn't didn't sort of predict that he would be competing in, um, you know, a chariot or a Miracle Mile. Um, as soon as what he did, we always thought, you know, he's probably 12 months away from, from that very um, top echelon of racing. And um, the way he, he sort of improved in such a short period of time, I, I still think there's more more left in him. Um, he's, he's still relatively lightly raced. I think he's only had about 27 or 28 career starts and um you know and is now in against top company so i I think you know barring anything going wrong with him um he's going to be a horse of the future and you know the next couple of seasons are you know we're quite excited about what those uh that prospect might bring yeah and and with good reason uh he's traveled up well really good yeah he hasn't missed mr feed he's drunk well he's bright and alert and settled in um, fantastically at uh, Shannon Price's stables here. So, yeah, like I say, um, you know, the trip wasn't what we had originally planned going by road, but we, we we're not using that as any excuse in any way, shape or form. Um, yeah, all three horses have travelled exceptionally well. So, yeah, we're, we're, we're here to race and we're um, confident we'll uh, put our best foot forward. OK. Is he going to step out today between races at Albion Park and just have a bit of a familiarisation of the track? Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, we'll just uh, stretch their legs. All three horses will have a quiet trial today and um, just yeah, get them familiar with the surroundings and uh, yeah, hopefully uh, hopefully they like what they see. All right, perfect. Uh, just on, on the other two runners, moments like these, she won the Queensland Oaks last year. She's back for the, the Group 1 Golden Girl next week. You'd be happy with Gate 2 on Saturday night in the Fleur de Lille. Yeah, absolutely. Certainly looks better on paper than the other two uh, the two draws I've got, so uh, yeah, I'm not going to complain about that one. But you know, sometimes good draws can turn into bad draws after the race. But um, yeah, she's uh, she's come up pretty good. Her, her runs um, this time in have been been pretty good. We were slightly disappointed with her with her last run at Melton, but um, we think yeah, there was a reason for that, and we think we've got her back on track now. And and her, her previous few starts um, were exceptional. Um, we took her to Sydney for the APG final where um, she was shuffled out the back and and gave. Tough Tilly and Ladies in Red, a massive start and pulled ground off them in um, you know, very fast closing sectionals. So we know that um, she's a capable mare and, and can, can mix it um, with the likes of those sort of horses when, when she's on song. So hopefully we've got her back uh, back where she needs to be. All right. Speaking of bad draws, Triple Eight, he's got gate seven in the Mr. Feelgood. Uh, he would have been disappointed with that gate, no doubt. Yeah, yeah. He's, he, he's a sort of horse that's... Uh, Always seems to draw draw poorly. We don't have a lot of luck with him, uh, generally speaking. Um, but you know, having said that, his racing pattern is probably best uh, driven off the speed too. So um, yeah, probably uh, takes a little bit of thought out about how I'm going to drive him. I think um, at first glance, the field without doing too much study on it. But uh, um, yeah, obviously um, we're looking at the next two weeks for him, or his main aim as well. Um, since for, for coming up here, so hopefully we just, uh, like I say, get around safely, have a trouble-free run, and and he, hopefully wherever he settles in the run, hopefully he hits the line strong. All right. Well, I'm sure you're going to be a force over the next couple of weeks. Really appreciate the time this morning. We'll see you trackside later today. You brought the weather with you as well. Yeah, I'm I'm sorry about that. I thought I'd come up here to to escape the good weather, but uh, 
you know, I went to Sydney you know, for their carnival and it got flooded out and I'm, I'm nearly doing the same to you guys up here. So, yeah, I've got to apologise for that. We'll, we'll see you today. Thanks, Chris. See ya. There's Greg Sugars joining us. So uh, a major hand on Saturday night with those three runners, but uh, better eclipse looking to overcome the outside of the second line there on Saturday night in the Group 1 Rising Sun feature. One horse that is going to be starting on Saturday night. He started last year in the Rising Sun. Uh, he, he gained a start. He was invited as a three-year-old. He went around, ran out of his skin last year, finishing fifth behind uh, Amazing Dream. Uh, you know, copy that, Expensive Ego. It was a star-studded lineup this uh, last year. This year, it's very strong again. A field of 13, when you include the emergency, 10 of the 13 runners are Group 1 winners. This horse stamped himself. Uh, into the field on the weekend when he was able to take out the lead-up, the, the Queensland Sun, first ever edition of the Queensland Sun. Gemma Hewitt is the owner, trainer and breeder of Cashed Up, and he's starting again. And she joins us now. Gemma, good morning. Good morning, Chris. Congratulations on Saturday night. Group 2 victory, and uh, he was excellent. Yeah, he was. He um, he really, really surprised me on Saturday night, Chris, and... Yeah, I've watched the replay a couple of times, and I, th I think that's the best I've ever seen him race in his whole career. Well, and, and I can understand that because he was used off the gate. Uh, the drive, I thought, was just tactically perfect. Uh, he got got the lead, uh, decided to, to take the sit on the right horse in the end, and uh, the way he was able to pick up and sprint over the concluding stages, he was really good. The, the drive was a gem last week, pardon the pun. Yeah, it was, and I had absolutely no idea of his plans. Um, we didn't really talk about it, and, um, you know, his usual racing pattern, he doesn't show a lot of gate speed, so we sort of just go back. And as you know, my brother had his bucks party up there and on the night, and there was about 25 boys up there, and they said, how will your horse go? And I said, no, nah, I think he'll go back to last, and he won't really get into it. So, um, yeah, I caught a bit of a pizzling when he comes flying out of the gate. <laughs> I said, I'm just as shocked as you guys, so... Surely some of those lads could have just spared a couple of five or ten bucks and just thrown it on, just given the fact that you had a runner in that race and he was such big odds, they, they could have spared five or ten bucks, surely. Yeah, I know. I think the 50 to 1 scared us all off, including myself. Yeah, I think he was just um, given no hope in the race, really. Well, just on that, and I spoke about this last week, I interviewed Brendan Barnes, and I, and I brought that up. I was surprised that he was such long odds. He was a last start winner and his form this campaign has been really good and this has been a plan pretty much since this time last year. You went around in all the features up here last year, went terrific in, in the Rising Sun and in the Derby and, and the focus has been for this race again this year. So everything's been building nicely, came back on a harder mark. So the races have been tough but he's been performing well but he, he was underrated big time last week, wasn't he? He was. Um, I think it just really had a lot to do with the draw, Chris, and um, there was good ones to his insight. It was such a quality field, you know. There was, um, and I just thought probably where he ended up was, um, you know, probably going to be further back in the field. And um, as I said, with so many class runners in the race, I thought it would have been hard to get into it. But, you know, he probably hasn't been at his best yet um, this campaign. But as you said, he come back on a harder mark too. And, you know, he won his qualifying raced nicely about three weeks ago and then he got a bit of a virus and I had to scratch him so it's been a bit checkered and things probably haven't been great but I think they're just peaking at the right time now. On a personal note how satisfying is it though like you, you competed last year you got the invite competed went terrific 
here you are again, starting as a four-year-old, and his form on paper is terrific. He's chasing three straight wins on Saturday night. But just for you, it must be very fulfilling. You know, you've achieved your goal. You started last year, you're back again for another shot. Yeah, and as you said, you know, what what was his aim? Um, Was it the Rising Sun this year? And I said, well, he was good enough to be in it last year, so why not this year? And, yeah, just sort of the the last couple of weeks, I just thought, you know, maybe he hasn't done enough this season either to... um, to deserve his spot in the race at this stage but I always know every time he's handed a task he'll step up to it and um, yeah I, I, I sort of come to terms with the fact that he probably just would have been in the consolation but no I was really proud on Saturday night and the horse always pulls through when I really need him to and um, yeah just to have bred him and owned him and he's an absolute dream for me really. Mm. And, and another thing uh, that was obviously really satisfying too the, the whole family was here your mum and your dad were here uh, Dougie had his Bucks party, Jace was here. So great to win a big race like that with the entire family trackside. Yeah, that's right. As you said, I moved up 12 months ago and they haven't really all been up here at the same time together. So um, that was just a massive thrill to me. Like I really miss my family and um, really close to my dad. So just to have him there and mum, but yeah, my brothers as well. And, and everyone was just like, they were really happy for me. So yeah, it was just, I couldn't have asked for a better result. And now you're going up against your dad and your brother because they've got Rip, the star three-year-old, running on Saturday night. So you go from, uh, you know, fans to to rivals here on on the weekend. So it's got to be a a nice little battle there as well. (laughs) Yeah, it will be. But, you know, um, the first people to congratulate me Saturday night were Wayne and Julie Loder, who own Dad's horse as well. And, um, you know, they're great supporters of mine. So I think we're in it just as much as each other. And I think... Whoever wins it will be just equally as happy and um, it'd be just nice if we could get some money out of it between us. Okay, I've got to ask the question. Looking back at last year's field, looking at this year's field, which one, in your opinion, do you think looks a little stronger or had a little bit more depth? I think last year's field was a little bit stronger, to be honest, Chris, just with the likes of Expensive Ego and Amazing Dream and um, horses like that. You know, um, no disrespect to this year's field at all. Um but, you know, I just probably think that with the older horses last year, there was quite a bit more depth. Yeah, it, it, it was a very strong field. And hindsight's a wonderful thing. I suppose in 12 months' time, we might say this year's field was just as good seeing where they go to. But last year, as you said, you know, there was, you know, amazing dreams. She was a seven-times Group 1 winner going into last year's race. And she won a few more before going to North America. Expensive Ego, copy that. A New Zealand Cup winner since. Spirit of St. Louis was in last year's race as well. So... It was loaded. Krug was there. So uh, very strong field. But this year's field, very good as well. Ten of the 13 starters are, are already Group 1 winners. The draw last night, um, did you have any sort of plans the way you wanted to attack the barrier draw last night? Um, probably um, 10 would have been my ideal barrier when Tim the Trooper went eight. But, um, you know, it is what it is. I'm actually not too upset with our barrier 11. I don't think it's going to be a bad spot at all. I think the front row's got a hell of a lot of speed in it, and um, I don't think I'd really want to be a part of that anyway. So I think Jerome Barry 11 will be able to um, slot straight onto Big Wheels' back pretty easy and not have to do any work in the first part of the race, and we're going to be in the running line. Okay, so you can just drive him cold, and hopefully he's running on strong like he was last year. Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, I think um, that, that front row's, you know, especially the horses out wide, it's, there's going to be a lot of speed, and I think... Um, 
yeah, we're just going to be able to get into the running line easy enough and get a position without having to do too much work early. And hopefully we're there with plenty to, to have, like, late. Okay. Just talking about that front row and the fact that your dad's horse has drawn barrier one, he's only a three-year-old. How much heat do you reckon he's going to cop going into that first turn? <laughs> yeah, it's um, barrier one's going to be a little bit tricky. You know, there's there's a lot of good horses. There's a lot of high speed off that front row. So um, I guess I just have to, Dougie will have to weigh it up and, um, you know, see what he, how he feels the horse is. But, it, you know, it's known quite well that the horse hasn't done a lot of trips over the 2100 but dad said he's not too worried about that either but um yeah i think there's obviously going to be a lot of pressure and yeah it just depends what they decide to do on the night mm. your dad's gone on record saying this is the best horse that you know he's trained that that's that's high praise indeed it is yeah it definitely is and you know um the best of him's yet to come he's such a lightly raced three-year-old he had almost a career-ending injury as a two-year-old. And um, it's amazing that he's even come back to have done what he's done in, you know, in his last six starts has been unbelievable. So um, I think, yes, yeah, there is a lot more to see from him. And um, with those sort of ruts that Dad's given him, I, yeah, I don't think he'd be far from the mark. He doesn't look like a three-year-old, though, does he? No, he's a, he's a very, very big boy. So I think, you know, the um, longer he goes, the better he'll get, hopefully. Yeah, too right. Uh, a couple of other ones just from last night. You were given the task of drawing out the Emma Stewart barrier draws. Uh, so you had to draw ladies in red, and she, she ended up with gate three right alongside the three-year-olds. But it was interesting with Beyond Delight, the stable made of ladies in red, there was a fair bit of deliberation, the, the phone call and uh, uh, obviously talking to connections. Was it a tough one for them uh, to make the call? Were they looking at a second row draw or were they always looking at that front row draw with uh, with the Beyond Delight? Yeah, there was a bit of a um, discussion between Emma and Clayton um, on the phone. And, you know, you don't have a lot of time to think either, you know, when the one before you comes out and you just sort of got to try and map this race in your head as you go on. And it's a really good concept. Um, but, yeah, I think they were happy with the front row draw. He's got a lot of gate speed. And I assume they want him somewhere near the front. Mm. Well, it's going to be a hell of a race. There's no doubt about it on Saturday night. Coming through as race eight, but cashed up. Started last year, the inaugural running, and here he is again lining up in 2022, and he's not without a hope. Uh, he was terrific last week. Scored the knockout punch last week. There's no reason why he can't do it again. Gemma, really appreciate the time this morning. Best of luck, and good luck later today. We'll see you trackside. No worries. Thanks, Chris. There's Gemma Hewitt, owner, trainer, and breeder of Cashed Up, who's starting again in the Group 1 feature at Albion Park on Saturday night. That is going to be an absolute ripper. We look forward to it. It's a cracking program. Ten races. Action on Saturday night gets underway at 5.15. And I'm pretty sure Tab are coming to the party with a big jackpot for that rising sun race. We'll have more on that later in the week.